This is a Ben Frank Connection presentation. What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 111. We are zooming through these. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the continued support. Make sure you check the links below for not just things for ABJ, whether it be merch or ways to subscribe to the membership side of the podcast to help out a little bit on the end, but uh, for my guest links and everything that they have going on. It's all below uh, in the links. Also, if you need logos done, um, I have all my people below, intro music, outro music. That's all linked below as well. Check out the Opinion City podcast as well as our collaboration project of the Ben Frank Connection. Uh, once again, two of us are in Pennsylvania. One of them is in Jersey. We don't judge them, but the thing that brings us together is the Ben Franklin Bridge, and that's where we got the idea from. So they do a lot of great content, uh, so go check them out. We're two podcasting teams who are coming together to work for a common goal of uplifting the independent wrestling community, and what a better way to do that is getting these two teams and getting together. Imagine that, two content creators working together for a better cause to help other people. That's what this is to be all about. If you want to join the Ben Frank Connection, hit us up. Uh, the biggest thing is, is just that you got to have that love for the independent game. When you show up at shows, you got to make it about them and not about you. And I think that's a huge disconnect that's happening right now in the content world is uh, everyone's going there and making it about them. But the overall goal is to uplift the scene. Very punk rock of us, huh? But all right, that's enough of that. Make sure, like I said, the link's below for all support. If this is your first time here and you're listening to the audio side, make sure you hit a five-star review for us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening to. Helps out more than you know, as well as if you're on the YouTube side, hit that subscribe button. We're grinding away here. As of the day of this recording, it is, uh, pull the curtain back a little bit here, January 22nd. We are less, we're just on the cusp of 500 uh, watch hours for the channel. So by the time this airs, hopefully we hit that monetization goal, which would be cool. And we're around like 890 subscribers. So we're getting so close to 1K. But like I said, hopefully by the time you guys hear this, this is like a less timestamp. Like, look how much he's grown since that day. Exciting. But let's get into our interview. I'm very pumped for this one. Um, one of, of, I was, I threw out my wish list for 2024 and there's people who I was like, listen, I'm going to put some big names. I'm going to put some names I, I, I don't think I can get, some names I think I can get, and then see what happens. And then a name that was on the list, but I didn't want to fill it with everyone who I don't think I'm going to get, hits me up and like, let's do it. And here we are. You've already seen it in the thumbnail. It's going to get real spooky, ladies and gentlemen. Here's my guest for today, Frightmare. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on? Yeah, you have no idea how I didn't even know you were following me, to be completely honest. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Yeah, I fell in love with all you guys at Camp Leapfrog. That's a, a, a trend that happened for me. That was like the birth of my independent wrestling career journey of content and, and uh, just helping out behind the scenes during the pandemic and being at that place and meeting so many good people and, and essentially a family. It, it, I, I was kind of introduced to a family of people who all came from a previous place that was kind of displaced and looking for a new home and kind of found it within Camp Leapfrog. And meeting all of you was was a beautiful experience. And I know the pandemic was really shitty and a tough time for everybody, but 
there was a lot of positive I think that happened too. It's like always that that double edged sword. And uh, for me, the pandemic was a cool way to get a, a good introduction into this business and put myself around really, really talented people. And I think it made me better along the way because iron sharpens iron, you know? 100%. 100%, man. Uh, I'm sorry, know. go ahead. No, it was something good came out of that. Can't believe Frog was definitely one of them, man. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So as we just jump into this, uh, you know, when when's your earliest memory or fondest uh, that you can think back of of when you fell in love with the industry of professional wrestling? So I always enjoyed it as a kid, like I, I guess all of us have. And, you know, started from the toys and having the old wrestling action figures in the ring and kind of putting together matches on your own and stuff like that. But what honestly, was your first ring? I, it was a WCW ring. Okay. So and I think I was, I had a friend who had that. And if I'm not mistaken, the old WCW rings weren't the right scale. If I'm not mistaken, they was yeah. kind of, they were like, at first they were really shitty. There was, I was the ring you didn't want. <laughs> yeah. The ropes are too, uh, always falling apart. And yeah. and, but you know, you know, you made things work, especially as a kid with the, the imagination and all that kind of good stuff. But, um, and then, what really got me into it and wanted to kind of pursue my dream was definitely um, Dragon Kid and Amazing Red was a huge, Ooh. huge influence of why I wanted to become a professional wrestler myself. And that got me like once I figured I can actually kind of do this crazy thing is and then, you know, watching them growing up was just awesome. And I was like, you know, they're small. I'm small. They can move around. It was the style of wrestling that I fell in love with, and I just took off from there, bud. Yeah. Uh, now, have you ever have you ever a chance to work with Amazing Red or anything in that nature? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was King of Trios 2000. I want to say 10. Um, we got to do uh, a four-way match where actually it was me versus Obarian versus One Two Three Kid versus Amazing Red. <laughs> That's insane. Which, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> Even think about it too. How excited I was because you know Barry's been a, a boy of mine, always a good friend. And then to have those two other legends on the other side, but I was more excited working with Brad because I was, I was like you know inspired. I always wanted to do so. I was so happy that it came in fruition like that. And oh yeah, it was just awesome. It was such a yeah. cool experience. Fun match too. I think it's up on YouTube somewhere. It's a mm -hmm. good one. So I've been kind of going back since Camp Blue Frog. Uh, and I, I just started back up because I, you know, funds are getting better for me. But uh, I just resubscribed to IWTV. And I've been going back and trying to rewatch from the beginning or as early as you can on IWTV, the old Chikara stuff. So I'm slowly catching up as I go. And it's just, it's fun to see. Uh, because I, I I guess I feel like I came in at the the end generation, but now now kind of going back and seeing it grow from the start has been a joy. It, it's just been fun yep. to watch. I'm having a good time with it. But uh, the one that really set it off for me is we were looking for an episode way back in the day on Tornado Tag of we want to review an old independent show, and we picked. Um, uh, I'm gonna forget. They have always you guys have wacky names for everything, <laughs> but it was the one that was in Goodfellas in Pottsville. It was a tiny bar that's like. 20 minutes from my house and you look at the card and it was just unbelievable. Like everyone who's on TV now is essentially on this card. It's like, man, it's, that's why you support independent wrestling. Cause you never know where it's going to go. And, and it's crazy, but 
when when at what stage did you come into the fold with Shakara and and how did you find that school and how did it land in, uh, for you? So basically, it was 2005. I started training at the the school mm -hmm. that was uh, based in Philadelphia, um, and that was at the you know uh, ECW arena. And uh, what a cool place to start my career is in that iconic building itself. Uh, and yeah, I was I was 15 years old at the time wow. when I started, and I was a pretty I mean, I had the trainers I had were just unbelievable. You know, I, you know, starting from Quackenbush, uh, Chris Hero, Claudio, Sarah Del Rey, Eddie Kingston and Hollowicket. Like I, I, I got so blessed to be able to go into wrestling with those people and, you know, forget, you know, don't even forget about the people that I was training with, which was Orange Cassidy, Lindsay Dorado. Like I, I couldn't have came in at a better time to that school and yeah i mean i just kind of hit the road and the, uh, as quickly as possible i tried to pick it up but i could not wrestle in pennsylvania until i was 18 <laughs> so i had uh and it was a good thing it was a blessing in disguise because i was picking it up pretty quickly but getting those first three years uh of experience before i actually debuted and came out and did my own thing was was awesome i couldn't yeah. have like, I was eager to get out there, don't get me wrong, because I just wanted to do it and I wanted to perform and do all that good stuff. But those three years, two and a half to three years, was perfect learning curve where I got to really learn everything. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I think my touch my touchpad just turned on on my computer. My bad. I'm sorry. What, what were you saying there? Uh, no, it was just it was just a great time, and I'm glad that I had those two and a half to three years to really study uh, wrestling and you know train to to get it right. So I'm not going out there botching shit almost immediately when I'm you know debuting and stuff. I was able to obviously those things are going to happen regardless any point in your career, but like I, I was I was happy to get all those years of experience before I hopped out there and did my did my own it's, thing. It's so crazy to. Now, in retrospect, in 2024, we're talking about the people who trained you and, and the people who were around you at that time and, and to see where they are now in, in AEW and all over the world. And it's just like to think back in 2005, like you're you're meeting them at their at that not infancy stages, but like close to like their hungriest phase where they're like, no, this is like uh, 2005. You're thinking maybe another five or six years after that is when that started breaking for a lot of them or things started picking up. Uh, but it just take it just shows you there too the people listening and the people training or if any industry you're in, whether it be music, art, you know, you started when you were 14 in 2005 with these names and it's now 2024 and now they're at the peak of what they're probably going to be. Yeah. Uh, or what they can be right now with AEW going to Wembley and all these cool places. It mm -hmm. takes time in your craft and it takes, it's going to be mentally draining and physically draining. But if you stick with the course and just keep working hard, man, things can happen. Anything can happen, man. And that's, you know, that's the beauty about this. And yeah, you, I mean, you said it perfectly yourself. You know, you look back from 2005 into now and it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. It's it's pretty crazy, but all of them deserve the world and more, man. Because uh, that's that's why I love I love like everyone's like, oh, you're very biased of AEW over WWE. I said I love all professional wrestling, but AEW is essentially 
like it's Chikara. It's the Northeast wrestling yeah. scene that's <laughs> yeah. come to life on our television screen and, and all of those creative minds. And even though I, I've, I've never really met a lot of them or if I did, it was in passing, but I've met the people that they've inspired and the people that they've trained and helped get to that next step. And that's who I became friends with. And I honor them because of who they made my friends into. And it's just like, it's just, you're rooting for them. Like when I was in London, man, it was, it was really emotional to be like, Dude, Kingston and Claudio and and Orange are in Wembley Stadium where Freddie Mercury did Live Aid and every band in the world wants to play in that stadium. And it's the, at the time we thought, the largest wrestling show of all time. But of course, maybe there were some numbers skewed, professional wrestling. But regardless, if numbers were skewed, that place was packed. And the amazing. vibe in London to have an American wrestling company come over. And these are people who wrestled in bingo halls and firehouses and dive bars for 10 15 years and here they are in wembley stadium it's just it's awesome man if if i could cry i would you know i, I almost <laughs> did when, when kingston came back out during the stadium stampede and the whole time because like in my head i'm like all right i kind of have an idea how they're going to structure this and i'm like so kingston went in the back and they're up with the balcony and they're fighting and then he doesn't come out right away and everyone's in the ring and uh, the BCC's beating down best friends. And I'm like, all right, Kingston's going to hit that curtain. And when he does, this place is going to go crazy. And Kingston comes walking out in the place of roughs. And I was just like, I'm not crying. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> the, the energy and the, oh, that, that, that was awesome. And that was so unreal to, to watch. And just the fact that, and like you said too, with wrestling, like, you know, you, you love wrestling for left for wrestling, you know, at, at all aspects, but and, you know, I'd, I'd be biased, too, with, with AEW. I mean, because I have some of the closest friends that I've ever had. And I'm, I'm just rooting for all of them. And I have yeah. buddies that are in WWE as well. And I just root for the best of the best. And it's just, it's so well-deserved. And watching Wembley was definitely one of those moments. Yeah. And the competition right now Proud. is helping helping each other get better. Like, yeah. WWE stepped it up when AEW hit the scene. Whether you want to live one and hate the other, that's good. Like, you can turn on wrestling right now any day of the week and there's something on tv on national television monday through friday or monday through yep. saturday there's something yep. on like it's it's it's, it's the awesome. best time in the world to be a fan it it, it is and I, I wish more fans took took like you know our, your attitude about it and just enjoyed pro wrestling you don't have to pick sides it's not a big it's not a big deal they bring out the best of one of one one of each other and i mean I, yeah it's it's an awesome time to be a, yeah be a, Sure. So you're going through training and you're figuring things out and you're and you're training with these now legends of the business. But did you know or did you like I know with with, with Chikara, you're kind of given your your gimmick, you're given your name, you're given your direction or sometimes you're just given a name and a little bit of direction and then you can do it on your own. Um, but did you know at what point in your training, because obviously you had a lot longer before you were able to wrestle in front of crowds and do stuff. Did you know what you were going to be, who you were going to work with or how that was going to go about? Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably, a, uh, you know, a year into it, um, Mike Quackenbush and I spoke about what we were going to go into and ideas. And like you said, you know, sometimes in Jakar, you're, you're given a crazy gimmick and you, you just got to work with it. I was channeling my, you know, kind of delirious hollow wickedness into it uh, because I know I wanted to start with my boys and uh it, it just worked out we came up with the gimmick and i couldn't have been you know put in a better position is stepping in the ring with those guys starting out my my career 
extremely blessed in that aspect of it all. And uh, but I knew probably a year into training what was what was going down. Now, when, now that that team, did you become close to them during training? Did you guys come in together? When did you become really close to them that you're like, all right, yeah, you're going to join the fold. You're going to be part of our squad. This is the, the route we're going. Yeah, it would basically be like, you know, I um, my training was Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. Wednesday was always for beginners. Luckily, Mike, you know, within the first month told me to start coming to, to Tuesdays, which is advanced, which was awesome. And that's where I met Hollow Wicked and all that. And we just started rolling, man. And, you know, I was just a big fan of his, you know, from the get-go, just being a fan of any kind of independent scene at that time. And the fact that I can, you know, he's my brother now, you know what I mean? And I, you know, coming in with him is just because he's one of the most underrated professional wrestlers, I think, in the, in the fucking world. So, mm-hmm. like, going in with him was just just awesome, man. I can't say enough good things about that person, you know? Yeah. I I felt bad for him in that show reviewed because I believe it was him and I think it was Mantis versus Sarah Del, Del Rey and uh, oh, what the hell? What was the, her name? It was it was the, the, the two girls uh, wrestled them and they beat they, the they, shit out of Halloween. <laughs> like bad. I the whole time watching, I'm like, oh my god! Like I felt horrible for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, he, he got killed. <laughs> it's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they beat the dog shit, and he took all of it. I was like, wow. There's sometimes the bombs he took. I was like, e. <laughs> I was, it was, it was a rough one. <laughs> it was really crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. He is so talented, so good. Um, now, character development is one of the things that obviously Jakar is known for, and. It and and sometimes uh, you're good at it, and sometimes you're not, and sometimes you're really like we're talking about people who are insanely underrated. Avery, that guy was given some of the craziest shit and was able to make it work. Um, <laughs> how, like, once again, iron sharp, iron sharpens iron. Who did you lean on heavily for how you're going to take your character or or the character development side of things of like? playing without it with a mask on because you can't emote to people you can't facial expressions because that's a big thing in professional wrestling so how was it now going through training then donning a mask and then trying to learn that and learning that character side development i would watch a lot of el generico um which i think is one of the best to ever do it selling in a mask and character wise you know being a generic luchador Mm-hmm. But if you watch the way he sells in that mask, you can almost see his facial expressions. But you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. he does it. So I watched a lot of his tape to kind of get that reaction out. Because selling in a mask is a very difficult thing. And then, of course, just being able to watch Delirious and Hollow Wicked and learning from them. And with my character, it just yeah, it all it all stemmed from that man. I, th- those were the people that I kind of leaned on, and but everyone that I was coming into with my my class, uh, you know, Hot Sauce was in my you know class, and uh, Drew Gulak, and you know, like these are all people that I'm working with every single week. So there's always just someone right next to me that I can ask a question, and I take their their advice full throttle just because of how amazing they are at their craft. What was some of the best advice you've got throughout your time at Shakara that, that really stuck with you and helped you throughout your, your journey then in professional wrestling? 
just don't ever try to do too much. You know, I, I was super young, flipping all over the place. And I think the best advice I got was I learned very early on how to tell a story and not just do backflips off crazy shit. And as cool as that looks, I really love professional wrestling as the story that's involved. And then you sprinkle a little of that cool, crazy shit in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my advice that I got from a lot of people because they, they looked out for me. Like I was there. I was the, one of the youngest fucking <laughs> people in there. So they yeah. looked at me quite a bit and they'd always just tell me like, and at how quickly and how eager I was to get out there and do my thing. Just don't do too much. You know, you can, you can have a great match without, killing yourself and doing all this other crazy stuff but then yeah like you said sprinkle a little bit in there but make Mm -hmm. it yeah absolutely make it mean something and then when you do turn it up to 11 it means something more now like it it just jumps even higher through like cassidy it's the best example like you watch him today it's very cassidy like he's he's playing a character but then when he turns it up and he the hands are out of the pocket it's game time yeah it's it's fun to watch i love it it's so good And yeah, having guys like that is just, you know, truly amazing thing to to do, man. It's it's awesome. I was I was so confused first being like backstage at a wrestling show and I, I'd see like um Sonny Defarge or someone pull somebody aside and like, yo, just just slow down, slow down, slow down. And I'm like, why are you telling us to slow down? Like action pack, you want to go in there. And the more I started like learning the other stuff, because I never trained, I never did any of that. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Like that's one second where you take a beat and you kind of just like let the crowd feed you something instead of going right to it is a is a game changer like literally a five second stop in a match and just let it breathe and let the fans react is the game is it's such a world change in the tempo of a match of then hitting the ropes and doing a tope suicida like you know what i mean it's 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 huge man it it, it completes the whole story aspect of it all man like it's such a huge moment and then you can really kind of feel yourself in that moment too like you said like you take that little five second little breath just to really all right here we go and then you know you gotta call the next spot too yeah (laughs) you take take that moment it's a blessing in disguise as well man when when you know you're gonna start wearing a mask do you start then training in it so you can prepare to like your breathing and how it's gonna affect the anything like in that in that aspect I did, but you know, 16, 17 years later, it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine. I, I, I have a whole new appreciation for mass wrestlers after like just, I don't know, just realizing what people do without a mask and how you now you just l- l- limit your vision and restrict your breathing and then go do crazier stuff because usually when you're a mask, you're more of a higher flyer. <laughs> it's just like that blows my mind. <laughs> like, Dude, and then it's, I see guys like Penta. I'm like, that's smart. The cut, like, oh, we're gonna cut the mouth out. We're gonna we're gonna mesh the eyes, but they're gonna make them bigger so I can see full peripheral vision. I'm like, that's that's a veteran mask guy right there. 2024 <laughs> Frightmare is definitely gonna have to uh, get that get those ideas from Penta because yeah, I mean it's so smart. Just be able to breathe the aspect of it all too. When you're yeah. getting it, doing this, you're flipping around like you're gonna need that cardio, man. How how hard is it, how hard has it been throughout your career? And especially you start training, you're 14, you you're with who you're with, you're doing what you're doing, you're getting that popularity. How hard is it to not be like, this is who I really like to keep that mis- like that mystique of not revealing yourself or kind of staying under the mask? Like it's it's almost an undertaker feeling. Everyone's like, Oh, I hate the fact that Taker's charging a thousand dollars for a meet and greet. I'm like, Yeah, but that dude went 30, 40 years without 
doing anything with fans. So now is his time to undone and do that. That guy deserves every dime that he didn't get for mm-hmm. 30 years because he kept himself mysterious. Like, how is it to keep your mental checked in that of like, I kind of want to be a wrestler. I want that superstar. I want that allure, but I kind of have to stay in the back because I'm building this character up. I, I, I love, I love the whole, you know, aspect of all of just being kind of like hidden and spontaneous of like, they don't know what I look like. And I, I, I like it that way. And it, it's cool too, because, you know, I can arrive at a show and not have my mask on and no one knows who the hell I am. That happens to me so much. I'm like, who is this new person? And then I'm like, oh, got it. <laughs> there, there was this uh, one time, though, early in my career. Um, I was working for a company called NWS, I believe. And it was based out of, like, central New Jersey. And they were filming something for the Discovery Channel, like a wrestling documentary. And uh, we had to sign all these things of just, hey, they're going to be recording backstage this that and the other thing and the only thing i told the producer was like hey you know being that i wear a mask just please don't film me without anything and of course these motherfuckers uh (laughs) they they got me in uh full gear without that for a quick second like it might have been like a two second clip and uh of someone found a way to kind of frame it up like oh we got him we got frightmare without the mask we got him that sucks <laughs> but it, it, it's one of those things that most people and a lot of my fans have my back was like ah shut the fuck up you know <laughs> it, it is, you know what it, it reminds me of too is ghost before the band ghosts went through everything they went through they would walk past the line of people waiting to get in their show and smart fans knew it was them but they played kayfabe a little bit with a band they're like of like course. thumbs up and then like, but yeah. because they knew, understood that their mask was more than just the character on stage or in the ring. Uh, it also means your privacy and you're kind of respect that. And that, I think that's a cool little nod to the character. I think that shows more as a fan. If you're like, I know, but I'm not going to bother you. <laughs> like, and, and, yeah. and, and most, most fans are like that. Most fans are amazing and they, they will do that. And like, you know, uh, but I, I mean, listen, I, I love, uh reacting with fans and hanging out with them and when i'm being a heel being a dick to them and and, and you know what i mean and uh i mean without without them we wouldn't we wouldn't have any shows to perform in front of so you got to understand like i do anything for that man so now um making your debut uh your debut match walk us through it the nerves the excitement uh who was it and how did it go so my debut match was actually with the late great Brody Lee. Um, and it wasn't supposed to be. Um, Hollow Wicked was doing a segment early on in the show and got a bad concussion. And he was supposed to go one-on-one with Brody Lee that night. And uh, I came to the back, noticed that my boy was not doing too good and uh, stepped up and got kicked in the face a couple times by the wonderful Brody. Yeah, I love uh, I love his character. Just like he hits the character, you're like, oh, you're you're dead. That's <laughs> just how this is going down. You're gonna die tonight. Brody's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, and, but that, that was that was my first. I I came out uh, in Chikara at, to reveal my character, like as a quick segment. But that was my first uh, match in Chikara was against was against him, and it you know couldn't have gone. You know, it was a quick quick one. Got something quick in and then got kicked in the face and it was awesome. And then it started a whole 
feud all year with him, which I, was amazing that I, you know, how great of a person he is. And, uh, yeah, I miss him so much because he was just incredible. Yeah, I one of my favorite stories of him, uh, well, two actually, is, is when in WWE when they weren't using him properly. And because he's such a good human being, like the locker room started making like justice for for luke harper shirts because at the time he was luke harper yeah and the whole and like jericho is wearing them like the whole back is wearing these shirts being like vince give this guy some love like and then he got his ic title run which i got to see in a dark match in wilkes-barre which fucking made my day because i loved him so much and then um when late after he passed away um they were doing a he was doing um uh renee was doing a podcast with uh oh my god what's his name um like he has his own content too but they were doing a podcast together and they're like she's like how did you get into this he's like i wanted to be a podcaster i wanted to be a journalist and he goes my best friend at the time uh, was brody like we had a group chat of me brody biggie and all these people and he goes i told him i wanted to start doing this and stuff like that and brody did the research found out what podcast was good all the whole nine and then just sent this dude a package at his front door and like that was his starter kit to start chasing his dream like brody just did that for a guy just because he cared about him I mean, that guy, I can never say enough good things about him, man. And he, he helped me out so much when I was beginning because a lot of my feud was against him. And it was big man, little man. And, uh, uh, yeah, he was just incredible, man. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And and he was a Washington fan, so which is always a, a po- yeah. bonus for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 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 so I was saying the, the first actual match I had was probably a couple weeks before that. So that was my first ever Chikara appearance, mm-hmm. but it was another company out of Central Jersey. Um, I, I think it was the same one with the Discovery Channel one, the NWS thing, and it was um, it was me versus Joey Janela versus um, Ophidian versus Lindsay, and uh, it was a, a scramble match. And Ophidian is the one that got the me the booking, and you know it was like oh, was this this kid worked before, and he's like yeah he's worked multiple matches. <laughs> Yeah, to the guy, Uh, and then you know we just came out and did a bunch of crazy shit. The match probably was you know just a bunch of flippity doodahs and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that was the first initial going into it, and then like yeah, two weeks later, I would be so interested. And what year was that? You said probably like what two thousand five, two thousand six, November twenty first, two thousand and eight, two thousand eight. I would I would be really interested to see a 2008 Joey Janela in the match with those three names like that. That's that sounds insane. <laughs> I worked with Joey so much those those first two years because that company, that NWS company, because Joey's from Jersey right over there. Mm-hmm. So I was on every little fucking show with him, man. We we've we've done so much stuff. I actually want to kind of like I wish there was a way to get some of that footage back we used to do ladder matches together all this crazy shit <laughs> yeah now uh even when you weren't in Chicago, were you still like were you still frightmare when you were working these other promotions yeah always i never never changed so you never had like another character you would do on the side where you nope. weren't frightmare interesting nope. that's interesting because even lindsay said there's some matches where i was a different person and i was like really i was like yeah he goes i used to work without a mask people just don't know i was like i'd love that that's so much fun <laughs> Jose, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lindsay did that like quite quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I, you know, especially yeah. with Char too. We, you know, we had some other idea, or people did some other gimmicks too. That like, you know, no one knows who the who they were, but they were you know, the same people, and that was the yeah. beauty of it too. 
uh one of the one of the early ones too if if you if you know you know like ricochet was part of this the roster for a little you know what i mean like he was in there killing it under a different mate name and a mask he was under a mask before he was puma <laughs> and he wasn't <laughs> prince puma uh I, I i it's so fun to go back and like look at that because like there's a whole like wikipedia of chikara and the masks and who was who and stuff like that. it's like that's so fun that people are so into a product like that um and who once again it's idiot. what's that who 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 makes those Wikipedias? I have no idea, but they have a lot of time on their hands. <laughs> they have a lot of creepy shit on there too. Oh really? They, they they knew one of my exact addresses. They put your address on there too. It that wasn't. Uh, I I made sure to uh, follow up with that and get that taken off, but they had a. Why would they put your address? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I was curious too, but I you know I made sure that that was taken down. But they had the shoot name up there, you know. The whole nine. I was like, "Who the fuck makes these things?" Yeah, way too much time on that. It, it's, it's, it sucks and it's creepy, but it's also like you're. It's the fact that you're so. Um, have we said before? Like you're a lore. Like you're 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 mysterious. Yeah. And like there's that itch that people want to know when they figure it out. They're like, I get it, but it's just like, it means you're good at something that people care enough about that they're trying to find this information yeah. out. You know, it's yeah. it's. It's wild, <laughs> but your address—that's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Take it down pretty quickly after that because I was just like, "Nah, it's just, it's a little too much, man." But uh, yeah. it was cool, you know. Other than that, the Wikipedia is cool. Having all like going back to your first matches, some of the achievements you made, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's dope. What What are some of your favorite matches that you've had in your career, and uh, or or storylines or anything like that within within the 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 universe of Frightmare? Oof. Um, let's see. I mean, there, there, there's a good chunk of them, too, especially, you know, early Chikara days. I was so blessed to get in the ring with some of these people. Like, one of my first King of Trios, I was in there with Johnny Saint. You know, like, it, it's just crazy the opportunities that I got through that. But um, I always loved working with Kingston and Brody. Um, any match I had with Orange Cassidy, because me and him always been the best of boys. Um, and I think he's one of the most talented people out there. Um, it's, it's disgusting how talented he is. <laughs> but um, yeah, like th those matches for sure. Just you know, all and and the beauty thing about Chikara too, all those multi man matches that you're put in with all this crazy talent, like the Cyberneticos, and even though they were a motherfucker to <laughs> put together, they always <laughs> came out and. I mean, they were great, man. I, I I've been so blessed to work with the the talent that I've that I've had, and uh, I can't. I, I don't know if I could pick like a one that stands out to me was me delirious and Hollow Wicked versus Kingston and the Roughnecks, which is Brody and Grizzly Redwood. Uh, that was the first year into my career, and uh, it was just a great trios match. It was the ending of the feud and told a great story, and uh, it was the one where I I finally got the the win up on Brody. So it was, it was a special moment. Yeah. Now when you're working or you're, you're looking at the card or you're looking at who you're going to be working with or storyline wise, do you have a preference? Do you, do you enjoy working the bigger man because you're Lucha style and they're more of a bigger base or do you prefer working other high flyers or more technical wrestlers? A little bit of both. Uh, the beauty thing about your car is everyone was pretty damn good base because we would practice it so much. So you're looking at a guy that, you know, like even for Lindsay, even though he's he's bulky, he's not tall. 
and me and him could do so much cool shit together. And he was at a wonderful base. Claudio was the best base ever. Yeah, he's the strongest human being of all time. <laughs> Anything looked better just because of who you know who he is. And um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like a little bit of both, man. Like you said, like the big man matches and stuff like that are fun because I was always my character was always that like didn't care how small I was. I'm not going to back down from a fight. And you love that underdog story, you know, coming from Philadelphia, all that kind of stuff. You, you you love that kind of thing. And that's what I got with Brody and people like Claudio and all that kind of stuff that could literally throw me through a goddamn roof. Uh, but working with those guys was always the best. And if, if I could say one more person that I absolutely loved working with and had great time with was Johnny Gargano. He was one of my all-time favorites. I mean, him still kind of talk about like, ah, oh, we got to run this back somehow, some way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because he always, yeah, he always uh, a compliment that he gave me was, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm like Eddie Guerrero, you're the Rey Mysterio. Like, those are the matches we kind of put on, and it was it was always cool. Cause and, and boy, can that fucking guy work? He he's yeah. so so good. I was really fortunate to hang out with him. Uh, one of the companies I was working with brought him in for. Uh... Uh, an icons event and i was i was in like so i they brought us in and they had johnny and candace and then they had another group of people and it was me tasha Steele, uh facade and danny mo and then after it was all over we're all kind of in the main room where the bar area is and i just like sitting at a table and it's just it's all of us hanging out and then it's johnny and candace and wardlow and i was like what am I doing here? And like at that what, time, what, like, <laughs> and I, yeah. And then Johnny ju was just like, they were talking and Johnny kind of like said like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much signed. I'm just, I'm going to just waiting for the call to go back. And I was like, he's going back, but I didn't want to say anything or act like a Mark or anything. But, yeah. uh, and then I was like, well, he's going back. I hope. And it was still like the Vince era. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of bummed, but I'm kind of excited. Cause I wanted him to go to AEW a little part of me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when and then when everything kind of like now, Triple H is in charge and him and Tomasa are like, they should be your tag team champions. And then just break them up and run that whole like, Kevin uh -huh. Owens, Sami Zayn, Tomasa Champa, and Johnny Gargano could be friends, enemies, friends, enemies, friends, enemies, and you could repeat that forever for the next ten years, and I'll watch every second of it. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna get boring at all. Those guys never, are. never. You could do so shot for shot like we'll get into horror movies but you can do a shot for shot remake of psycho with those two and i'll watch the movie every time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah he's awesome uh, he's the man going through uh your first mask and uh how much has the mask changed since the start uh have you ever had any input of anything with the mask as it goes and and what's your favorite version of your mask um I always I had a lot at you there. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I always had input of what it was going to look like and kind of the, the style that I could be. And then I just kind of added stuff throughout the years. But we did it like a, you know, the Mexico Day of the Dead uh, mm -hmm. kind of style. Uh, I made one of my white masks like the, that with those designs and the flowers and the skulls and stuff like that. And I, I thought that mask sucked with breathing out of, but uh, it was one of my all time favorites. And I thought it looked the, the dopest out of all of them but i still have all your masks what's up do you still have all your masks not all of them no no uh, i I've, I've given some to some fans that uh wanted to buy them as a collectible and hang out that's sick. now did you, you said you make so you add to so you you learn how to make design and make your own masks as well absolutely not no <laughs> was, i was gonna so, say that's a that's a skill <laughs> i'm throwing the idea out 
and then I had so many talented people around me uh, making it, and I was like, oh yeah, that looks fucking awesome. It was yeah. one of those things. Uh, but no, no, I I can't. So I can't do any of that. <laughs> yeah, when I when I bought the mask of Lindsay, I was like, he's like, well, it's not. It's like it's my good mask, but it's not one of my premium masks. And I'm looking, I'm like, if this is in premium, I don't. I would. A premium's got to be bonkers, like, cause it's it's good. Like he's very very talented. He's a good. Uh, I guess the words Taylor, right? He's a good Taylor. Like he makes. Yes. Like, he's so talented. Uh, also, uh, now Ultimo is very very good at making stuff as well. Yeah, and they're both. They're actually. It's funny you say that. Both of them are working on some stuff for me. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting a little combination of uh, both, and then running with it. <laughs> Lindsay goes live a lot on uh, Instagram. So if you're ever, if anyone out there who's listening wants to watch someone make gear, uh, Lindsay's a great watch on Instagram. You follow him on Instagram, and every time he goes live, just go watch, and you'll see him sewing and making masks, and he talks to everybody. It's uh it's a cool process to watch. Yeah, he's very good at it, man. Very talented. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of his stuff, and I, I was, you know, and obviously being friends with him for almost twenty years, like we were able to communicate, uh, communicate and collab on some stuff too. Yeah, that black tiger mask he made for uh, I was called her Sasha, uh, Mercedes Monet in Japan was sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said he said he made the robe too. But uh, the mask you're wearing now is. Uh, Philly, uh, obviously Philly, Philly guy there. That's very Flyers, right? Is that what we're going for? You're a Flyers <laughs> colors. Uh, yeah, you know, you can throw a little bit of that in there, and just the the horror of uh, Halloween and that kind of uh, style into it. But that's that's how you get the orange. And obviously, yeah, you you know what the green is for for the birds. No. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> well, well you speaking know. speaking outside of wrestling, what are some other passions of yours? What are what are some things you're into? Obviously, some you said some sports references there. Are you a big sports guy? Uh, yeah, big Eagles fan, big Philadelphia Eagles fan. Uh, love them. Been going to those games since I was a child. Uh, so it's always good to kick back and uh, watch them. And obviously, not this year was uh, was well, a what rough. collapse. What, what a meltdown, a, huh? Yeah, uh, it, it hurt me down, <laughs> down in my soul right there, man. But uh, I, I, as a Washington fan, I I was born and raised to hate Cowboys and Eagles. Um. As I get older and the more I travel to the city of Philadelphia and just being from Pennsylvania, even though I'm not a Philly guy, it's hard not to love and respect that city. Um, one of the coolest ways, and I'll give a shout out to him, Luca Luca, uh, and, and Jimmy Conway of, of South Philly's Finest. Um, Luca said it the best. He's a Ravens fan, but he's like, I don't hate the Eagles. He goes, if you don't like the Eagles, you're just not a fun person. He's like, that's just the only, it's the way about it. Like, you don't go to that city and just not have a good time. Like, they're, they're good people. They're passionate. And that's what I've kind of, like, my favorite thing about Philadelphia sports fans is even though they're crazy, uh, you're not going to get beat up unless you're the one being aggressive after they bust your balls. If they bust your balls and you just laugh with them, nine times out of ten, you're fine. You're, you gotta they're, be, they're, you got to yeah. take the shit and yeah. then realize. And listen, there's 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 scumbags out there. On absolutely every fan base has scumbags. Um, but yeah, it's one of the best sports cities and one of the best wrestling, wrestling towns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world, man. Uh, but yeah, so I was. I but I, the one thing I love about them is like. Giants fans, uh, sorry, New York. I'm shitting on you for a second, but you only like your teams when they're good. Like when your giant, when New York teams are good, you don't shut the fuck up. Eagle fans could be good or bad, and yeah. they could be like, "This guy in the practice squad is coming up. He's from this college. His mom makes great meatballs. Like they know everything about <laughs> everyone on their team." It's like I I respect that about that city. They're they're hell they're yeah. good people. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Who's your all time favorite bird? 
Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins? That's a good pick. Yeah. It's a real good pick. I yeah, you it's know, hard. I think he, Dawkins is one of the reasons why I was just like, oh, he's the fucking man. When he, he German suplex a dude in a, in a football field, I was like, this guy is crazy. Like, <laughs> gotta do a German suplex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think he was kind of toppled by me. I, I don't own I have never went out and bought I actually bought a Dawkins jersey when he went to Denver because I wanted one, but I didn't want an Eagles one. But I, I will own sometime probably very soon, I will get a Kelly Green Eagles jersey and I will get one of probably my all-time favorite Eagle ever. And it's gonna be Kelsey. I love oh. Beeson. That guy is just yeah. a gem. I bawled my eyes out watching his latest podcast where he's like talking about like, oh, if that was your last game, I feel bad for you. He's like, feel bad for me. I was part of the greatest city of all time with the greatest people. Like, it was like the greatest career ever. And he's like balling. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's the fucking man. He, he's so awesome. And that, that whole family is great. Yeah. You know, his documentary is hands down fucking a classic. If you haven't watched that yet on Amazon. Yeah. Really- I, I got to see the mummers outfit in person. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I was at that right down the, the steps at that parade that day. that's for sure. Do you know that where was- that, that outfit is right now? Where is it? It's in London. Really? It there's a so there's a uh, a Philly sports bar in an abandoned subway tunnel in London, uh, and it's all Eagles and Philadelphia sports themed. It's like you walk into Pennsylvania in this abandoned tunnel. And I went in there. I had one of the best cheesesteaks I'll ever have outside of the city of Philadelphia. It was the coolest experience ever. And they have Kelsey's uh, jersey there. I mean his uh, mummer's outfit. Do you remember what that place was called in London? Uh, I I'm gonna butcher the name. Pass Passer Passer Avenue or what's the the one street? I can never pronounce it. Um, I mean I'm oh. sure we can Google Eagles fucking yeah. But it's a guy from bar. Philly who moved to London and opened up a Philly sports bar. Like when the Flyers and stuff are anytime like they play a game in like the Phillies. When we left a couple months later, the Phillies came to London and did like a game, and they all went to that bar. Like yeah, it's like I think they play the Mets um this year over there like at some point like in May or June or something yeah, like that. and all the players went to that bar like it was the coolest experience and I'm not like I said I'm not a Philly fan I respect them yeah. but it was I went there twice I was like it's the best food because it's not it's like American food while yeah, you're in yeah. London yeah uh, I'll definitely I'll send you photos of it they're on my Instagram but it's a, it was a great time um Please besides go. besides sports what else are you into love horror movies big 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 fan of horror movies um it's always, you know, I mean, you can get that a lot out of my character and, you know, stuff like that. But I think, you know, it's nothing better than a good classic horror movie, especially some of the early ones, you know. All, all time favorite. If you had, or we'll say top three. Can't live without, you'll watch over and over and over again. The Thing. Ooh, okay. Is up there. First, first, the first of the remake. The, uh, the 80, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. Not the remake. No, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. And the video game's a lot of fun. Have you played the game yet? No. I've heard it. It's really good. Hollow Wicked and I are planning something where we're going to play that together on a live stream and hang out. If if you need a third, let me know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll do. We'll do. And then, uh, I, I mean, I love the Friday the 13th series. It's one of my favorite altogether. Yes. Uh, series so like you know you can add a little combination of and you know there's some that are obviously just bad but like a good bad kind mm-hmm. of deal. like you know 
I think one of my first ever horror movies was Jason Lives. Like the okay. first, like remember seeing and like actually remembering as a kid. You know what I mean? Uh, What's the one where the girl had telekinesis powers? That one was rough. That was uh, the one after that. The yeah. seven. That was no. <laughs> it wasn't even Jason, right? It was a dude as Jason. Yeah, it was like the. I think it's the new beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst one. That was the worst one. But there, it, the, even that one wasn't terrible. But it wasn't wasn't the best. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the, definitely, definitely top three for for sure for me. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of a a lot of them. I even love like I know it's not all horror. There's some comedy and romance in it. But Shaun of the Dead, yeah, it goes down as top five for me. I I love that movie more than anything. The horror but, has there is a comedy horror category, 100. percent I think like there's yeah. there's a place in horror for that for that like the B rated the there's so like hot horror has its own subgenres that can go and go and go like it's a great yeah. it's a great genre to to be yeah. a fan of um yeah. growing up i loved nightmare on elm street and then i really oh, yeah. fell in love with halloween and then i got older and i started re-watching all the halloweens again and i was like these movies suck like after part two it's like oh these are terrible and then i fell in love more with friday the 13th over all of them i was like as a kid i didn't like jason and then i got older rewatching like friday the 13th is clearly the best franchise like halloween's yeah. dog shit <laughs> yeah there's some there's some there's some bad halloween's for sure for yeah. sure you see they're uh, making um they're making another one so they're gonna they're gonna re they're gonna reboot halloween again <laughs> and they're getting a tv show like halloween's gonna get a tv show show uh, and supposedly the tv show is gonna be based off of season of the witch where it's gonna be the uh the the, the mask company well, that could be cool, yeah. Because that was that was a cool kind of stand on its own kind of movie. That was great uh, movie. But uh, the last three that they put out, the last three Halloweens were, in my opinion, were dog shit. Uh, I didn't mind the first one. Uh, I, I, the blend of all of them together, I can't even remember what happens in the first. Part one. two was bad. The whole like uh, the build up to him and Jamie, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna love this, and then and then he like goes hand to hand with an entire fire department and then the whole neighborhood he's combat fighting with i'm like this is not michael i hate and and then part three he just gets his ass whooped by everybody like everyone's beating his ass like you fought a whole fire department and now you're losing every fight what the hell's happening (laughs) and the acting was just terrible too i'm not even like a big like you know you you do your thing in a movie but that was it was just yeah i mean i remembered that yeah, that was just ugh. terrible. Oh, so is, there, is there any modern horror right now that you're like that you recently watched that you're that you became a fan of, or you're like that was a good one in recent times? I was a big fan of Hereditary. Um, enjoyed that. There's a new one, kind of like When Evil Lurks. Okay. Uh, it's a subtitle movie, but it's fucking awesome. It's crazy, crazy. So definitely check that. If you, I don't know if you have Shutter. Do you know what Shutter is? Yes, very, very aware. I don't, I don't have it right now, but I'm aware of what Shutter is. It's a great. If you're a horror fan, that is a must-have service. Yeah, that is. Uh, I'll give, I'll give you my password after this. You, you gotta oh, watch. Per- all right. <laughs> that, that thing is, uh, that's sick. But I, and I enjoyed all the Conjuring. Conjuring yeah. Movies. I thought I don't were- like the real life stories behind them because I think the Warrens were con artists, but I think the movies are good. Yeah, just the movies in, in general. Yeah. I don't the the full full uh blown story but uh i thought as a, oh and uh what was the what was that new one i just saw like back in the summer was uh the australian movie mm. uh fuck 
the Korean one I just watched, the one on the train, that was fucking awesome. Zombie movies have been hurting for a while. I love zombie movies, but the tr- last stop or train to Bush, Bush I, I, it's all Korean, but that one was really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's good. It's gonna kill me to not do the uh, the Australian movie, but it's, I think it's like, ah, uh, oh, God, uh, it's gonna come to me. But uh, it 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 was awesome, and it was it was brand new. It came out, and uh, I've been enjoying the Terrifier series too. I was just gonna ask you, what do you think of Terrifier? Awesome. So I, I'm I, hopefully by the time this airs, I will have done my Terrifier review with my friend Courtney. Uh, we watched it, both of them. I didn't know the whole backstory of like this character has been in other movies and other projects. And they're kind of like, well, the character has something to it. We want to keep it going. Then they hired a new actor who the actor who plays Terrifier is on a, on a uh, Robert England level of what he brings to the character with his facial expressions and what he does. It's he's iconic in that aspect alone. And I think he will have very long longevity with this character, but yeah. like, if you're looking for a plot or to understand anything about these movies, don't go into it looking for that because there's oh. no all questions, no answers. You're like, wait, is he supernatural? What is going on here? What the hell is that? And it's it's just a movie with really crazy kill scenes. That's essentially what it is. Like, like I want to see how they progress it and maybe add a story to it. They did a little bit in part two, but um, they're already saying part three was banned. Oh, like they they had to go all crowdfunding because the studio was like, yeah, we're not paying for this. You guys are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm excited too. And then like the third one's gonna be like a Christmas movie, you know. Which is- so so you two of your staff uh, guys are. I mean, I'm sure all three is are horror fans, but one of them's a big Christmas fan. So this is a good blend for all of you. I know. Yeah. I mean the fact. <laughs> I mean, we got to get together with Mantis and watch that one for sure. <laughs> that, please record it. <laughs> it would be weird to be sitting in your living room with masks on watching a movie for, for video purposes, but for how much Mantis loves Christmas and used to love horror, that has to be something you guys have to watch together. We we have to do that. And like I like I told you a little bit before, was uh, Hollow Wicked and I want to start doing that together, uh, having like a little, almost like a mini podcast kind of like twitch thing where it's uh you know just watching horror movies if my views need help uh when it comes to like producing it or getting it done uh like i said we're part of a network the ben frank if you guys want to join us we'll, we'll hook you up and we'll show you how to use Streamyard, and you guys can use this platform and and, and do your stuff that would be awesome, man. That would be awesome too, because yeah, and we just want to kind of see, you know, how it goes. And I know it would just be fun. And the fact that I can get to talk to my boy all the time about something we both enjoy uh, that's not wrestling related, I mean, it's a win win. I think it'd be a fantastic piece of content. I would watch that all the time. Uh, <laughs> Thank I, you, I think that's, I think that's a lot. It would be a lot of fun for you guys to like newer horror movies, like this one's coming out. This is what we're excited for. And then we'll go back and watch an older one. Just, yeah, and there's there, you'll never run out of content. There's movies to watch all the time. Um, so I'll I'll give you my top three real quick. Number one for me, Dawn of the Dead original is my all time. Oh, yeah. I love that movie so much. Scream, the the first time you ever watch Scream, you'll never get that feeling back. It's like a drug. You get that first hit, and you're chasing that feeling forever. The first Scream changed the game. I love that yeah. movie so much. And then awesome. the original Halloween. They're my three. Oh yeah. All, all fantastic picks. I mean, like yeah. I said, I named so many more, but it was like if I had to narrow it down. Yeah, 
It, do you have I, a style? Or do you prefer slasher? Do you prefer zombie monster? Slasher. Slasher. Yeah. I, I like. I love monster movies. I and unless the monster sucks at the end, then it disappoints me so bad. I'm a big aliens fan too. Like you know, like if you can put a little bit of that like alien shit in there, like all for it. <laughs> what? How do you feel about Cloverfield? It was okay. I love that because it was another one. You're like, well, what is this about? Like, yeah, I want true. more. <laughs> like, that was like kind of like you know, like signs too, where it was like yeah. it, it took a while till you finally can see, you know, what the hell's going on and all that. But yeah, Cloverfield was a fun watch like that, where you just yeah. like, the hell is this thing? I'm so I'm so pumped. I I hope you guys make this content. Please do. And like I said, if you need help or you're what you wanna, you need some stuff like the Streamyard thing, let us know. Uh. But besides that, uh, anything in closing, anything we didn't talk about that you want to get out there, anything you want to plug? Just that, um, like, it's it's been, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, Hollow Wicked was dealing with an injury, and I had some nagging injuries coming up. But we plan on getting the boys back together in 2024 and uh, really going on a, a, f- a fun run just because we miss it. And, you know, why not, you know, get back and – do our thing together so just you know look out for that and like you said uh i'll be asking you for some help when we start our other little mini projects but i plan on having some fun stuff for 2024 and kind uh getting back out there so are uh, i think i pretty much know the answer to this but if if we were to see you in 2024 get back the band back together i'm gonna assume it's gonna be lvac shows well i mean you know you will you'll find us there for sure <laughs> Yeah, so but, make sure you please on IWTV, all social media, go to go check out LVAC uh, wrestling shows. They put on, I, I've only ever, bummer, I only ever been to one because every single time that it was going on, I was always booked somewhere else or I was going through my stuff where I didn't have a card to get to the shows. But I, I try to go back and watch every one. It is, if you like the old Chikara, if you like the high tension style, the the camp leapfrog, you're going to get all of that. You're going to scratch that itch and then they're going to bring more great Northeast talent in there uh you never know who's going to show up that may be our tv uh that show up sometimes there's orange cassidy's have shown up eddie kingston's have showed up uh it's it's a great way to see a lot of new talent like uh they, they brought out the lost boys harleen lopez journey burke uh, are all people who kind of well journey didn't debut but she was there but like it's a great way to see some of your older people that you're looking forward to like oh we get to see good dan champion and sydney bacabella and ultramandis and then frightmare and hollow wicked coming back and then you see some of that new talent coming up lvhc shows are really really good show them show them all the support you possibly can they're the best, man. It's always a good time to be. And the venues are always cool. Like they oh, yeah. do a good job of not just putting together good wrestling shows, but like, would it be cool if we did a wrestling show here and then it like a drive-in? <laughs> like it's so yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. They have awesome ideas, and it's such a cool, young, talented locker room with a little sprinkle of some of us old guys coming in here and <laughs> tearing <laughs> who, it up. Who are who are some people on the scene now? I'm not sure how much you're following the independent scene or watching, but who are some names out there that you're looking at or like are oh, you would like to work or you're really impressed with what they're doing? Gringo Loco. Um so me funny story was me and him were supposed to work at uh Deadlock Pro, the North Carolina mm-hmm. company. Unfortunately it was it was a time where I just got covid and it was just bad timing couldn't do the show and unfortunately it never got booked again but me and him been talking behind the scenes trying to make that happen because uh i mean they what they call him base god right so and mm-hmm. i know fact and uh 
that me and him can tear the fucking house down at any venue and any company. So they just put a clip out of him, Speedball, Janella, uh, Jordan Oliver. Uh, there's a few other ones, but it was like the end of the match and that one of those crazy spots where 13 things happened at one time. <laughs> like it was a cool clip. <laughs> but, hey, I think I saw exactly what you're talking yeah. <laughs> about. So, it was so well done. Like it's all about timing too, especially. And most of those things can get so fucked up and clunky, but those guys, like even Jordan Oliver, I remember when he was first starting out and he's doing such an amazing job. Props to him. Great fucking guy too. I, I, I'm always been I'm speaking this in this ex- existence, but I know for a while there was some rumors on the dirt sheet that AEW was trying to get the name, uh, East West express. Yeah. Cause they have Nick Wayne. And I was I like, if they bring in Jordan, and we find a way to tell a story where Christian screws over Nick and Nick brings in Jordan and we get Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne versus Edge and a, a Christian somehow in a tag team match. Hey, that what a passing of the torch of two guys who came up together, passing it to two younger guys who came up together. Like that would be, I'd probably cry. <laughs> I'd probably cry watching that. <laughs> distance man <laughs> yeah i need it need it jordan oliver is someone who needs to be on tv the term the next sean michaels gets thrown around a lot nick wayne and 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 uh jordan oliver are are your new sean there's no marty Janetti in that team they're both sean's <laughs> they're yeah. both really good and there's nothing wrong with marty but yeah, what i'm marty. saying is like they're they're both good they're both elite those, guys those two are insane and i mean it just it just shows like their work ethic and all that kind of stuff like they've earned every spot and Kudos to them, man. They're both. They're like you doing it since they're 14, 13 years old. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot out of you, brother. Yeah. Now you were saying before speedball, I, I cut you off. That guy tearing it up everywhere. Another incredible person. Would love to uh, get together with him, especially see who could do the better knee collapse and, uh, you know, go from there. <laughs> but Please uh, make that happen. Fright- I'm clipping this. Frightmare versus speedball Mike Bailey. Let's get we, that we, in. Got it too, man. We, we would love to make it happen. And, uh, he's yeah. been doing uh he's been doing shows at Tony Deppin's brewery in Pottsville. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, that are yeah, a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe maybe sneak out there for a show. Sneak in there too, yeah. Tony's another great one, man, that he needs to be on TV as well. So good. Great, great person, very talented. So where can people find you and support you? Uh Frightmare Lucha on uh Instagram and you know, you can find me on the the tw- the Twitter with Frightmare and stuff like that. Watch me yell at uh, other Eagles fans and our <laughs> movies and have some good times and uh, be able to talk to fans. Always enjoy talking to fans any chance I can get. and, and or, or even anyone that's coming into the game young and needs any kind of words of wisdom that I can give them to help them out. If, you know, I would love that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love professional wrestling, man. So any time I get the chance to talk, about it and even speaking to you and having a blast with you today um is a true blessing and uh, i'm very thankful for that so i well, appreciate well, it i'm thankful for you to come on for coming on here and doing this uh i, I was a blast i hope to do it again soon uh, i'd love to have you on talk some more horror movies or just in general but the first i always tell people the first couple episodes the first episode on here is just your, your intro story and then if i have a returning guest that's when we could just bullshit and have some fun you know what i mean like catch up what you're doing in the scene some things that happen for you and then just Let's just have some fun and bullshit. But uh, I really, really appreciate you. I cannot wait for 2024, the return of Frightmare. Um, we got to make like a horror movie poster tile style T-shirt for your for for you and ha- Hollow Wicked's return. Like they li- like a return they live or something, <laughs> something crazy. <laughs> like coming your head popping out of the graves or something. But I'll, I'll I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. That I have. 
after this and you'll, you'll, you'll see we have some cool shit coming out <laughs> oh i'm so pumped and like i said we'll let's keep let's keep uh let's get on the on the social medias and hopefully if it's not out by the time this airs uh get on them to remind them that that horror movie podcast has to happen that'll right. do it for the abj podcast links below for everything also uh support if you want uh music logo is the whole nine uh go hit up the people in my logo and uh, my links as well that's gonna do it we'll see you next time for episode 112 of the abj podcast here's some music by the converse kid Thanks for watching this presentation. Like, share, and subscribe for more.